0: ...attended a terribly Baroque service at a Russian Orthodox church near Victoria Station. And afterward, Agnes had drunk an astonishing amount of vodka with Dmitri's Russian friends and declared that her life was over. Evidently, she had overcome the worst of her grief since then, for she was the picture of happiness as she swept her niece into a feathery embrace. It was an odd sensation, one that made sense once Helena realised... "'that the neckline and cuffs of Agnes's chartreuse chiffon frock "'were trimmed with dyed-to-match marabou. "'You look wonderful,' she said truthfully. "'I can't tell you how glad I am to see you. "'And I, you, my darling girl, "'when I received the telegram from your father, "'the first one, I mean, the one that said you were dying, "'I swooned. "'I absolutely did, didn't I, Vincent?' "'You did, madame.' Vincent was her aunt's chauffeur, butler, bodyguard, and confidant, and had been with her as long as Helena could remember. Nearly everything about him was mysterious, from his nationality to his life before Agnes, but his loyalty to her aunt was unquestionable. "'Hello, Vincent. It's lovely to—' "'You see, Helena?' swooned. "'And then, when the second telegram came—' "'In which I lived?' "'Yes, dear, in which you survived.' Well, I simply collapsed. I was in bed for days, and Hamish was ever so worried for me, wasn't he? Hamish is still? Oh, yes, Vincent. Hand over Hamish to Helena. I'm sure she'll want a cuddle. Hamish was Aunt Agnes's stout, elderly, and very smelly Cairn Terrier, who had been at death's door at least a dozen times over his long lifetime, but somehow always rallied with the help of expensive veterinary care. He was a dear old thing, though, and seemed to recognise her. "'So Helena set down her valise and tucked him under her arm. "'He thanked her with a soft huff, then a gentle belch. "'The poor dear! "'His tummy has been giving him such trouble. "'Vincent, take Helena's bag. "'You don't have anything else, darling? "'I have a trunk in the baggage car. "'Go see to it, Vincent, while we get settled in the car. "'Hurry now!' "'Agnes took Helena's other arm "'and guided them to the station exit. "'The car was idling at the curb a huge gleaming beast of an open-topped coupe its interior upholstered from stem to stern in leather that was softer than velvet and agnes had never been one for scrimping on luxuries vincent returned with the news that the trunk would be delivered that afternoon so with nothing to keep them in town they set off for agnes's villa helena couldn't recall its exact location relative to the shore only that its garden had a marvelous view do you remember the villa "'You won't have been here for years, of course. "'We must throw you a party, something simply wild, "'and we'll invite all my friends. "'We'll have such fun together.' "'That sounds lovely, Auntie, eh? "'But perhaps not quite yet. "'Of course, of course, you need to build up your strength, "'and what better place than here? "'A little sun will do you such good. "'Of course, you're terribly pale, "'but that's true of everyone when they arrive.' I mean, poor Peggy Guggenheim looked like a ghoul back in March, and now she's as brown as a walnut. Do you think we can send a telegram to Mamma and Papa to let them know I've arrived? I ought to have said something before we left the station. Never you mind. You can write it out as soon as we get home, and Vincent will drive it down to the post office. He won't mind, will you, Vincent? Not at all, madame. Oh, look, we're here. Welcome to Villa Vesna. Away from the seafront, with its grand hotels and more modest pensions, the residences of Cap d'Antibes were hidden behind whitewashed walls or tall hedges, so Helena had little sense of how her aunt's neighbours lived. The car slowed, turning carefully into a short drive, and drew up by the front door of a square, squat, flat-roofed house that charmed her with its pale pink walls and turquoise shutters. Far more striking, though, was the garden— which spilled down the hillside in three lushly planted terraces. Framing the magnificent view were trees that would never survive an English winter, date palms and olives, figs and mimosa. There was even a little grove of lemon and orange trees. Whitewashed trellises supported tangled vines of clematis, heliotrope, Chinese roses and bougainvillea while spreading beds of thyme, chamomile, and lavender tumbled over their low stone walls onto undulating pathways of crushed limestone. Birdsong was everywhere, melodic and joyful. Later she knew it would be eclipsed by the rising drone of cicadas. Helena, shall we see you settled? We'll do that, then we'll have a late breakfast out on the terrace.